It's More Money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with More Money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Well, folks, this is the More Money Show on WABC Talk Radio, the most important uh, talk radio station in these United States of America. Congratulations to John Kathamides for building this station up to the clout that it has. I really do believe this is the most uh, impactful talk radio station, A, because we have such a huge reach all the way up to Maine, all the way down to practically North Carolina, but also because of the listeners uh, like like you who are, and, and thank you, by the way, to the regular listeners of this show, uh, but also to uh, those of you who are new, new listeners. Uh, we're on every Saturday afternoon from 1 to 2, and we talk about politics and the economy, and we talk a little bit about uh, your finances. Uh, but there was so much to talk about this week, I want to get right down to it and tell you that I am frustrated, I am angry, I am nervous, I am worried about what is happening to our country, what is happening to the stock market, which is just getting crushed, just absolutely crushed. Uh, the policies that have, are coming out of the Biden administration, I believe, are a major contributor to this economic uh Malays. I'll use that word. Remember that in the 1970s, we had the malays, and that's exactly the kind of way I feel right now. I, I was a teenager in the late 70s when things were really, really bad under uh, Nixon, Ford, and then of course Jimmy Carter. Uh, and it wasn't until Reagan came in in 1981 uh, that we were able to turn things around. But even Reagan, it took 18 months for Reagan to get the economy back on track, and then we had a very long prosperity. Uh, I want to do a quite quick point about uh, one of Reagan's successors, which of course was Bill Clinton. And I have to say, every day that uh, that uh, Joe Biden is in office, I feel great admiration for Reagan, and of course Donald Trump, who did, has done, did an amazing job on the economy. Even if he didn't like Donald Trump's personality or he didn't like some of his antics, uh, you got to admit now that uh, that his economic policies were a huge success, especially given what's happened uh, under the 15 months or so that uh, Joe Biden is president. But I'm going to say, because I know we have a lot of Democratic listeners, and I respect people who listen to the show who may not agree with everything I say. And by the way, I don't know anyone who agrees with anything uh, I, everything I say, uh, uh, least of all my wife, uh, who's pretty conservative, but even she doesn't agree with many of the things that I say. But, but I want to say this about Bill Clinton. Uh, I think Bill Clinton's first two years in office were disastrous. Back in 1993 and 1994, and the economy really shuddered as a result of these bad policies. But, 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 but. After the Republicans took Congress and uh, Newt Gingrich became speaker, that was, remember, for those of the old enough to remember, that was the Republican Revolution, where the, for the first time, I think in 40 or 50 years, the Republicans took back the House. And, and then they also took back the Senate. Um, Bill Clinton did something very admirable. 
he moved very much to the political middle. He moved away from the Hillary Clinton agenda to the Clinton moderate agenda. And uh, we did welfare reform. We did a capital gains tax cut. We had four, three or four balanced budgets for the first and only time in the last 50 years. We did um, uh, you know, better uh, trade deals and the economy boomed stock market boom. So why do I say that? Because I pray at night that Joe Biden can move to the middle. I I mean, if he would do that, I think we wouldn't see this economic collapse. We wouldn't see the runaway inflation. We wouldn't see gas prices now at $5 a gallon in many states. And I know many of you in the New York metropolitan area are paying $5.50 and even $6 a gallon. Don't forget, it was two, I think it was $2.59 and when Trump left office. So these are gigantic uh, burdens to the middle class. And my point is, why? what is wrong with the Democratic Party today? And I'm not a rah-rah Republican. For those of you who've listened to this show, I'm a, I get angry at the Republicans. Why is it they passed a $40 billion spending bill for Ukraine and couldn't pay one penny of it with offsetting cuts? If you have an emergency in your family budget, or if you run a business and all of a sudden you have a a cost that was unexpected in your budget. You know what you have to do, right? You have to cut back on other things because most of us really do live uh, paycheck to paycheck unless we're Elon Musk or uh, Jeff Bezos or uh, Bill Gates. And so, you know, if you have an emergency medical expense or uh, something else happened, you had the, you know, you had, a, 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 I don't know, flooding in your basement and now you have to, you know, spend more money repairing your home or your basement. That's an extraneous, unexpected expense. And what you have to do, right, is you have to cut back on other things. Maybe we can't go, you know, maybe we're going to have to cut back the cost of that vacation this year. Or maybe we're not going to be able to buy that summer home that we were thinking we were going to have. That's what a normal business or a normal household does. Why can't Washington do that? If we have to spend $50 billion on Ukraine, and I support the Ukrainian freedom fighters, as I know almost all of you listening to the show do, why can't we cut other programs? My goodness, even the Washington Post, folks, believe it or not, the Washington Post, one of the most liberal newspapers in the country, had a front page story this week saying something I've said on this show many times that there was over 150 billion, 150 billion, I said billion with a B, of fraudulent payments in the unemployment benefit program. So why don't we cut back on the fraud and then we use the money we saved to provide the relief for Ukraine? Gee, concept, right? Uh, pay as you go. <laughs> That's what all of us do, but not these clowns in Washington. So back to my main point. Um, I wish, I pray that this president, uh, Joe Biden, I don't agree with his policies, but if you would move to the middle, I think, uh, and maybe produce more American energy, maybe get control of the border, fight crime in our cities, uh, increase the amount of land that's available for producing our oil and gas in this country, uh, call off this idea of major tax increases, do a Trumpian or Reagan-style tax cut, stop Regulating our businesses with 500 page new regulations that nobody can read because they, they read like they're in Latin and only lawyers and lobbyists understand what they say. These are all things that are hurting our economy, hurting our families. And if, if 
if if Joe Biden could do that, then I would have some hope. But, folks, I'm not seeing any signs of that. Are you? Are you seeing any signs that Joe Biden is capable of moving away from his radical left wing climate change, Green New Deal agenda? I see none. In fact, when I see Joe Biden say the solution to our inflation problem and the high gas prices and more government spending, he, he made another pitch for Build Back Better. Can you imagine how high, high inflation would be today if we had passed that $5 trillion atrocity? I mean, thank God for Joe Manchin, a Democrat who stopped that bill. We'd be talking about 15, 20, 25% inflation. Okay, I'm going to make one other quick point. I'm running out of time here for my opening monologue. But um, I've been hearing from a lot of you, my loyal listeners, and, and thank you again. It, it means the world to me, and our ratings are really good. So I appreciate you turning in every Saturday at 1 p.m. But I hear a lot from, from you, either from uh, you know, tweets or uh, you know, uh, email messages and so on, people saying, Steve Moore, stop saying that the inflation rate is 8 and 8.5%. People get angry at me for saying that. And you know what? What they're saying is, I'm not paying 8.5% inflation now. I'm paying 20, 25% inflation. My gas prices are up 75%. My home heating costs are up 60%. My food costs are up 25%. My home, you know, my regular kind of expenses running my home, they're up by 20, 25%. So people who have, who live paycheck to paycheck, who have to buy the essentials every week, those folks like us, we're facing 8.5% inflation, Joe Biden. We're looking at 20% inflation. Thanks a lot. The gas price goes up, everything else goes up. It would seem to be self-evident from this administration, but it isn't. And so I hear you loud and clear. Thank you for relaying that message to me, folks, because I've gotten hundreds and hundreds of people getting angry at me. <laughs> you know, I'm, just, I'm just reciting the official numbers, folks. I'm just telling you what the government is saying. But the government isn't properly recording the inflation and the financial squeeze this is putting us all in. It's stop. Uh and uh, my friend Larry Kudlow, who precedes me on this radio station, always says the cavalry is coming. And my joke to Larry, I say this every time he and I, he and I are on together, I say, Larry, great. I know the cavalry is coming in, in uh, November. I know we're going to see a, a big Republican tide. But is it going to happen in time before this U.S. economy collapses? I sure pray and hope that it does. Okay, we've got a great show lined up. Uh, you're going to hear from uh, my two financial analysts, Citizens Payne, uh, Ryan and Bob Payne are going to tell us what is going on in these crazy markets. And then we're going to talk uh, at the bottom of the hour about what is going on politically right now with two of the best in the business. So stay tuned. You are listening to The More Money Show on WABC. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show on WABC Talk Radio. And now it is time to talk about what is happening in these incredibly turbulent financial markets right now. Uh, well, Bob and Ryan, we saw huh, another another week of pretty substantial losses. Uh, and uh, people are getting nervous uh, about whether they should, uh, they should be selling their stocks. I always tell people, you know, uh, when when the stocks are down, that's not a time to sell. That may be a time to buy. What do you think? I mean, should people be panicked? Uh, we're seeing the gas price now at a record high level. So there, there's 
signs in the economy that things aren't going right. And I think everybody's very confused. So if you can bring some uh, light to the subject, I think you'd be doing a great uh, service. So, Bob, let's start with your analysis. Well, first of all, Steve, everybody is nervous uh, and they're also getting impatient uh, because we've been down eight straight weeks. Right. So it's. You know, and you're also starting to get some panic in, in the part of, an, uh, of more institutional investors, I think. I think some of the more retail investors have seen this movie before, right? We just had a recession in 2020 yep. in a bear market. Um, yep. So a lot, a lot of people are being really smart about this, I believe. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is you got to remember. You're not, you're not seeing people running for the exits yet. Mm-hmm. No, no, we're not. Which, Maybe you need to see a little bit of that to get get a bottom in, right? He he who panics or she who panics first panics best, as we used to say. Um, but I, I think you also have to look at it in context, right? Because it's yeah. really concentrated this sell off in in big tech, which was the hottest place to be the last ten years, and the S and P is heavily yeah. weighted to big tech stocks, right? They're down huge. Amazon down over thirty percent, Microsoft right. down over twenty five percent, and you also have the unwinding of the crypto market. There's a lot of leverage there. And you're seeing a lot of these big hedge funds that were probably also leveraging up that trade of tech stocks and innovative technology. And we saw some of them actually uh, this last week, they started to to liquidate. So when that happens, you get bleeding over into all markets. You get the baby, proverbial baby uh, going out the bathwater. And, you know, know, for most markets, still have a run-of-the-mill correction. And that's why it's so important here, Steve. You've got to be diversified. You can't just be concentrated in those certain areas of the market. Now, I'm talking to Ryan and Bob Payne, who are two of the best in the business on uh, financial advice. Uh, So I kind of like, correct me if I'm wrong about this, but just in terms of looking at individual stocks, you know, you mentioned the the route against some of these big tech companies, but I'm thinking maybe it's time to look at companies like Microsoft and, and Google the other big ones, and, and maybe maybe uh, maybe these are good buying opportunities right now. What do you think? I have to agree with you, Steve. I think there's um, you know a lot of these stocks are selling at a high PE ratio, um, and these are sort of the the blue chips of the tech area, right? Apple, Microsoft, Google, Amazon. You know, Amazon may still be a little pricey, but you know as they come down in price, they're going up in value. And uh, this is not really like the tech bubble where they didn't have any earnings, right? Where they have earnings now. The, they're just uh, valued at a little higher than the market would like to see. So sometimes corrections, right. they go a little further yeah. you know, than anybody anticipates. So don't be surprised to see a little more downside in this correction because yeah. I really believe this is a correction in an o- overall you know, uh, ongoing bull market. Aren't we now actually in a bear market? I mean, because these, these, uh, a lot of these stocks have fallen so much. Um, so I think what everybody wants to know is, you know, have we reached the bottom yet? Are we starting to see some, uh, some, some, uh, silver linings in this cloud? Well, well, I got bad news for you, Steve. Bob's crystal ball broke like, you know, 50 years ago when he got in the business, but yeah, well, but I look at crystal ball, Ryan. <laughs> my crystal ball, on the other hand, no, I think you gotta look at it pragmatically here, right? I mean, the, the case yeah, is yeah. we have higher inflation and if and 90% of the time over any 10 year period, stocks have been a great inflation hedge. Because you know their revenues go up, their earnings go up. They they give you they pay you out dividends that increase over time. You compound those dividends, and you have the greatest investor of our generation, who's probably he's not perfectly 
buying the market here at the right time. But Warren Buffett went in and bought his Berkshire Hathaway bought over $40 billion worth of stock last quarter because he sees value here. Stocks are you know historically relatively cheap. He's buying a lot of companies like energy companies, financials that have great dividends that can grow out those dividends and their earnings as inflation goes up. And you've got to do the same thing. You just can't sit in cash. You, know, you want to win the war, not the battle. Even though it's volatile right now, you've got to take advantage of the fact that you are getting great companies on sale. You need to get a hedge against inflation. And I think that's why you're seeing the best, gener- best arguably the best investor of all time, um, you know, doing that right now, buying right now. And I think you need to be doing the same thing, positioning your portfolio for retirement. Now, one of the reasons that stocks sold off uh, this week was that it looked like we had maybe, you know, turned the corner on inflation. And now here we are back with the highest gas prices, I think, ever in the yeah. of the country, at least in nominal terms. And so uh, there now there is fear in the market that inflation is not going away, that it is not, what's the word that uh, that Chairman Powell used, uh, transitory, that it could be here to stay for a while. What, what is your guys' take on uh, on the inflation threat? And, uh, you know, you were saying that maybe that, that stocks can be a, a bit of a hedge against inflation, although, you know, in the 1970s, that really wasn't the case, but um, have we bot- are, are we nearing bottoming out in inflation? And please tell me the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, your guess is as good as ours, Steve, but here's the thing. You know, what I love about financial pundits, and again, I've been yep. doing this for 47 <laughs> years, so I've, I've been with them a long time, right? Um, right? You go back to January 4th, we're at an all-time record high um, yep. in your portfolio in the stock market, and everybody was predicting that we would have a record year in 2022, right? Because we project the future based on our most recent experience. Now we're down 25% in growth stocks. We've got a correction in value stocks and international stocks. Bond yields have gone up. Bonds have come down in price. So now everybody's making predictions based on the most recent experience. So inflation's up. It's never going to go down. It's going to keep going up. Stock market's down. It's going to keep going down. So, you know, you kind of have that uh, recency bias that you have to fight against. But my thinking is that inflation's actually starting to come down, starting to peak. I looked at copper the other day, lumber, steel, Uh um, coffee. You know, it's the Fed's actually starting to have some impact on commodity mm-hmm. prices, on stuff. And it's starting okay. to come down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And, and I'll just comment there, too. you got to remember, this is America, right? It's, it's all about supply and demand. And you know we're really good at filling the gap between supply and demand. And you know, Bob's mentioned commodities. Soybeans are another great example. They're, they're trading for over $16 a bushel. They're at an extreme high right now. No surprise, we're having a record year of planting. And it's going to be a big right, right. yield this this year, and that's going to bring prices down. So, you know, those supply imbalances and demand imbalances are going to start to go away because Americans, they're the best in the world at being able to fill the, you know, find the need and fill it. Yeah. So you're going to see a lot more people incentivized uh, to produce whatever yeah. we're, we're lacking right now or we're, we're undersupplied. Well, you know, what's really interesting. It's a great point you just made. And uh, I was looking at three of the stocks that have really done during this during the sell-off have been major oil companies like uh, ConocoPhillips, Exxon, Chevron. Now, they're benefiting, obviously, from the very high price of oil. I think yep. the last time I checked, it was about $108 a barrel. It's been fluctuating between $100 and $110 a barrel. So uh, what about the energy sector? What do you think of those? I like the energy sector, Steve. And, that's just, and again, that's, that's where investing is so counterintuitive, right? If we go back a year from today, it was, oh, my goodness, the new administration is going to put oil out of business. Uh, oil's going to go the way of whale oil. You're never going to need it, right? And now you've got 
you know, they're momentum stocks, right? They're hitting all-time record highs right. or recent 52-week highs. They have the highest dividends, and they also have the highest growth rate. So, you know, right. all markets are cyclical, and it just goes to right. show, you know, right. why we've been telling everyone, you know, buy more value than growth in the last year because value stocks are cheap, and they pay dividends. Those dividends are increasing, and the economy is going to rebound at some point. So it's a, uh, you know, there's different parts of strength in the market. It's not all or none. It's not a monolith. So um, you're listening to Bob and Ryan Payne, two of the very best financial analysts in the business. It's always a privilege to have them uh, as uh, guests every week on this show. And, uh, okay, we've only got like 90 seconds left. So (laughs) the question that you're probably asked every hour of every day from your uh, clients, uh, buy, hold, or sell. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Warren Buffett adage: "Be greedy when others are fearful." This is the the quintessential <laughs> time to do that. You got to take advantage of it. And look, you're trying to get your long term goals. You're not going to do it in cash. Markets are cash rich right now. Bond yields have gone up. You can build a great portfolio that's going to hedge inflation and get you to all your goals. What about you, Bob? I believe that we're in a bearish segment of an ongoing bull market. Um, this is a price adjustment to higher interest rates, higher interest rates, higher uh-huh. inflation. Once the market finds that level, uh, we're going to we're going to head to new highs. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but I think sometime in 2023, we'll see all time record highs once again. Well, what, once again, you've succeeded in walking me off off the ledge. So thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, Our pleasure, again, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remind people again of that, uh, that uh, 1-800 number to get the uh, free consultation. Yep. If we have 10 slots, if you have over a million dollars saved for retirement, we'll run our total financial master plan for you. Simply email or text, or excuse me, call or text at 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. That's Bob and Ryan Payne. I'm Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show, and we will be right back. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great weekend. You too, Thanks, Steve. Steve. Your health is important. Your sexual health is very important. And like everything else, it has challenges. As many as 50% of men over 50 have sexual-related difficulties like ED, low testosterone, and low energy. That's where they come in. Elevate Wellness has real professional and in-person solutions. Call 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. Or visit elevatewellnessgroup.com and get back to where it started. Office visits only $99 this month. Stop. ED is no laughing matter. This could be caused from low T, high blood pressure, or diabetes. Elevate Wellness can help. 40% of men over 40 have experienced this. Make the call to Elevate Wellness now. 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. The office visit is only $99 and includes exam, blood work, test dose, and consultation. Call Elevate Wellness. 973-354-2276. Or Elevate Wellness Group. So, Bob, you know, at our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E. We manage over a thousand households. And, you know, we spend a lot of time evaluating, grading how solid everyone's financial independence plan or retirement plan actually is. So I thought, you know, for our listeners today, we could help them grade their own financial competency by seeing how many of these questions uh, all of our listeners say you can answer when it comes to your own financial life. And the first one that I think about, Bob, is do you know how much you actually have? You know, I love that question, Rye, because typically, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, right? What, 46, 47 years? Seems like forever. Just getting started, um, Bob. Just getting started. Yeah. But, you know, most of the folks that I've worked with in my career, uh, all my clients, you've 
typically joint account relationships. And there's one person in that relationship that's focused on the finance and almost takes care of everything, knows where everything is. So for the other person, usually doesn't. Um, but what's amazing is the one person that is in charge just assumes just because they know everybody else knows. Well, you know, in some cases, you don't even know who everything is, right? It's like you get all these different statements every month. You put them in that drawer, collects dust. And, you know, what I love about our financial portal that we build, and this technology is available to everybody, is you can create a centralized place where everything can be updated every single day. And when we run people through that process, they're always like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that account I had over here from years ago. And you find out having, you know, there's money you have that you didn't even know you had. Well, it's not even just that. It's also, you know, you might own a boat. You might own a, you know, a, another car that you keep out in a different state. Um, you have insurance policies. There's a lot of different things where, you know, you, you really want to have it listed because when it comes time to update your estate or update your your tax planning, you know, a CPA or an attorney can just look at a glance and see where everything is as opposed to spending hours and hours uh, putting this stuff together every time you meet with a professional. Last I checked, right, lawyers charge by the word. <laughs> it's true. And look, we have technology now where you can do that, right? We can update it. When I started in the business 20 years ago, you had to do everything by hand, update the spreadsheet by hand, but not anymore. And that's really the first step on that path to financial independence or retirement is just knowing what you have. The second question, Bob, that I think everyone needs to answer is, do you know how much you actually spend? Well, a lot of people do, but they don't want anybody else to know and they don't want to write it down. So it's, <laughs> that can be a problem. But I found that most people are smart about it, Ryan. Most of you are very prudent and, and you know, they're very strident when it comes to their budget and their spending. But every once in a while, you know, you might have someone who disagrees with you, like your spouse. <laughs> You're right, right. Yeah, because you don't really know what you spend. That's the truth. And it's changing now, right? Because when we we're during the pandemic, a lot of us were at home more. We weren't traveling as much. And what I'm finding, Bob, when I'm running everyone's budget right now, well, everyone's taking trips. They're going on that cruise that they couldn't go on. Your budget is going up and you got to account for that because if you're going to retire for 20 years, uh, you need to make that money last and you really need to get down or hone in on that number that you're actually spending after tax on a monthly basis. It's critical. I think one of the biggest reminders this year, Rye, has been the surge in inflation, right? All of a sudden, your budget's getting busted because you're spending more at the gas pump. Your utility bills are going up, right? Your taxes are going up. So there's there's a lot of things where you don't have any control. You really have to stay on top of it and make sure you know that you're accounting for inflation because that's what planning's about. It's about growing your assets to overcome inflation. It's the biggest risk every one of you have in your financial plan right now. Yeah, and you call it that hidden insidious tax, and that's what it is. It's a tax on your money, and here's the problem with most of you are like, okay, I'm retired today. I've got my Social Security coming. I have my pension. I have my income from my portfolio, and you think that's enough. The problem is what you need to spend today is going to go up by 100% over the course of the next 20 years. That's right, Bob, 100%. Or said another way, every million dollars you have today is only worth a half a million. You can't just account for what you're spending today, but you got to factor in that's going to double over the next 20 years. And most of you haven't done that. And that's a big, big problem, especially with a 40-year high in inflation. Yeah, and it's a big wake-up call to make sure that you have your money invested in a way where it has a high probability of overcoming inflation. Cash doesn't grow. Annuities don't grow. You know, these things, they, they don't overcome inflation. They're actually disinflation hedges, right? And I'll tell you right now, most of you are not prepared for the inflation we have right now. 
Oh, and that drives me crazy because we know those annuities, Bob, they're not bought, they're sold, and they show you, look, you get income for life. Well, that income for life doesn't change, but your expenses are going to go up. You're right. It's a disinflationary asset, and that's a problem because annuity salesmen never take the time to actually account for that, and that's huge. Like You've got to make that adjustment. You've got to address what inflation really looks like, and most of you haven't. We know. We look at 50 portfolios a month. And Bob, I think the other question you're probably asking yourself right now because you're feeling it, because there's a lot of pain, no pun intended, our last name is pain, in the market right now is, do you know how much risk you have? And a lot of you right now are probably thinking, wow, I didn't realize I had this risk in my portfolio as the markets right now are very, very volatile. Well, Rod, there's no asset test like a declining market and an increasing interest rate environment, a higher inflation environment to find out you know, if there, you understood how much risk was in your portfolio. And a lot of times, Risk is something we only recognize in hindsight. And one of the beauties of our analysis that has shown over the last year is that, you know, we felt long duration assets had tremendous risk. And we're starting to see that risk adjusted right now because technology stocks are down 35 to 70 percent. Bond funds are down 20 to 30 percent. Um, things that we warned you about. But it, the key is you, you've, it doesn't matter what's happened in the past. It's what's happening right now. Yeah. How much risk do you well, still have in your portfolio? Yeah. Well, here's the problem, right? And it's our industry is guilty of this, is you probably have an account over here, right? Your 401k maybe with a 401k provider. You have an account over here with a local broker or Morgan Stanley. You have a savings account over here at the bank. And because you're not looking at all your assets in concert, everybody's recommending the same thing. Even though they have different names, all the underlying investments are the same. So all of a sudden, the market sells off and you realize those 10 different growth funds you have, well, they're all going down at the same time. So it's important to understand exactly what you own at every place and make sure it's all concerted effort so you spread that money out. You think you spread your money out different advisors, you think you're getting diversification, but a lot of times they're just buying the same stuff, Bob. Well, I see this a lot, Ryan. I, I ask a lot of you about, you know, why is your portfolio not positioned properly? And I said, maybe you should consider working with someone else. He said, well, you know, my advisor is my friend. Well, I say, hey, look, I say, if you need a friend, get a dog. You need an advisor <laughs> who's going to focus on taking care of you and make and push back yeah. on these ideas, right? I mean, how many of you sat there and said, oh, I'm really happy with my advisor because everything's going up. If everything's going up in your portfolio, you don't have the right portfolio. You know, you need negatively correlated yeah. asset classes, right? Yeah, I mean, more simply, Bob, you need a plan as you get to retirement or you're down the home stretch to retirement that's income intensive, right? It's focused on income. That's, that's not completely solely reliant on if the market's up or down, because if you have a really diverse, well diversified portfolio and you're getting the cash flow you need every year, that doesn't change just because the market sells off. You need an income plan. Most of you don't have that. And you've got to reposition now. Like now's the time to do it. You don't want to just sit there with your head in the sand because when markets recover here, it's not going to look the same as it did the last 10 years. You've got to own the, the portfolio of the future, not the past 10 years. Right. What I'm hearing from you so far is that most of you don't understand you know, risk. Risk is something we only understand in hindsight. Many of you probably don't know exactly what you're... Sp so I'm pretty sure this third thing, which really is important to us and to our clients, is you probably don't understand how much you're paying in fees either. Well, this is the beauty of Wall Street, Bob. They love to hide the fees. And even worse, sometimes they tell you you're not even paying fees, and you are. <laughs> so there's no free lunch on Wall Street. And it's not the fees that you can see, right? It's those hidden costs in your portfolio. That's why you have to get that deep dive done. You got to understand not only what your advisor's charging you or where you're getting charged, but what are those hidden expenses that you can't see? 
Right, exactly. And that's the, that's where you need to do an x-ray of your portfolio, because on the statement, if you are paying a fee to your advisor, they list that, but they don't enlist the internal fees. Some of these mutual funds have anywhere from one to two percent in additional cost every year, not to even think about what they're costing you in taxes because they're distributing capital gains every year. They're inefficient. And annuities, oh, my goodness, we're finding annuities with cost up to four percent internally, Rye. It's Oh, my God, Bob. Almost falling off my chair. That's how high some of those fees are. And look, if you're thinking to yourself right now, like these are the questions that you need to answer. Like you want to be financially independent. You want to make sure that you're set for retirement. Well, here's your shot to do it. We literally have five slots left. If you saved over a million dollars for retirement, Bob and I will put together our total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. There's no other firm out there that will literally do this work up front, do a deep dive of everything. We go as far as build you your own personalized financial portal, give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial life, and we'll hone in on every financial issue you've got to address today. We're going to focus on income. What is your income plan? How you count it for inflation in your portfolio? How do you take Social Security? There's thousands of ways you can take Social Security. We give you an optimal plan that figures out exactly the income you're going to need so you don't run out of money. We're going to look at diversification. How are you getting hit hard now as the markets are all over the place? Bond funds going down big. Those growth funds going down big right now. Tech stocks selling off. Are you not protected? Was your portfolio not built correctly given the market volatility? Or are you just sitting in cash? You don't know what to do. Paralysis by analysis. As inflation is now over 8%, we're going to put together a full investment game plan. Show you how to invest your money to grow it, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Yes, Wall Street loves, loves to sell you lots of products with high fees that they're hidden inside those portfolios. We're going to break down every fee you're paying and every investment that you have, show you how to reduce that cost and optimize your portfolio for taxes. More money in your pocket. It's not what you make. It's what you take. Then we're going to tie it all together in one total financial master plan and determine the most critical question. Are you going to outlive your money? Or more importantly, is your money going to outlive you? All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost. There's no strings attached, but you won't have a plan if you don't text or call. 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you have over a million dollars saved for retirement, Bob and I will run our total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. We leave 10 slots open during the show if you call or text right now. We literally do a full holistic view of your entire financial life. There's no other firm out there that will do this full review. We even go as far as your own personalized financial portal so we can get a full financial view of everything you're doing and hone in on every issue you have right now you need to address. We're going to look at income. You need an income plan for retirement. You can't sit in cash. can't put your head in the sand right now as markets are volatile. How do you take Social Security? There's hundreds of ways to take Social Security. We're going to show you the optimal way for you to take it, build a full income plan that factors in inflation so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Yes, Wall Street loves to sell you portfolios that have high fees, that are tax inefficient, 
We're going to go through every investment, a deep dive of everything that you own. And we're going to show you where all the hidden costs are. Show you how to reduce the cost on your annuities, mutual funds, brokerage products, and make your portfolio more tax efficient. It's not what you make. It's what you take. We're going to put together a full tax plan for you. And we're going to look at diversification. Are you getting hit hard now as markets are selling off? Are you over-concentrated in bond funds, growth portfolios, tech? Well, we're going to show you how to properly diversify your portfolio or have you been just sitting in cash, earning nothing, paralysis by analysis, trying to figure out what to make of the current situation? We're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. We have 10 slots if you have over a million dollars saved for retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PL. A-N-N-Y-C. If you're one of our next five callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will create for you your own unique financial plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost, but there won't be a plan if you don't text or call. 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. NYC. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show on WABC Talk Radio. Thank you so much for listening in. By the way, don't forget if you want to get our Committee to Unleash Prosperity hotline, which covers the economy and politics and a little bit about what's going on in COVID, you can get that for free. It costs you absolutely nothing. Just go to the Committee to Unleash website and sign up and we'll send that to you five more a week uh, and I will really enjoy it. New King Rich called me the other day, said this is the first thing he reads every morning and it's the first thing you should read every morning as well. All right. Uh, I want to introduce my next two guests, uh, Peter Roth, who is a uh, political expert, has been in this business for over 30 years and is now one of the political writers of Newsweek, and E.J. Antoni, who is uh, one of the new economists at the uh, Heritage Foundation, a colleague of mine there, and also uh, is a senior fellow at the Committee to Unleash Prosperity and helps actually write the uh, hotline. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Let's uh, get right down to it. Peter, I want to start with you, if I may. Uh, I'm sure. Obviously, everybody's nervous and everybody is, is uh, angry about what is happening with this what looks like a collapsing economy. Certainly the stock market is just taking a beating right now. Um, and what worries me the most, Peter, and I want observations on this, is it doesn't, I don't see any signs at all that we're seeing from Biden what we saw from Bill Clinton, which is that Bill Clinton, you know, when he saw it was collapsing around him in his first two years, he really did move to the middle. And we actually had some productive, very productive years with the economy under Bill Clinton when he moved to the middle. But when I look at what's happening in some of these Democratic primaries where the radical AOC progressives are winning and although I see Biden, it appears that he's doubling down on his radical policies rather than moving to the middle. What the heck is going on here? Well, Steve, a couple of things. And let me see. Great to be with you on 77 WABC, a station I used to listen to when I was a student yeah. at Byron Mills High School in Armonk, New York, hometown shout out. Um, there are a couple of differences, one of which is that Bill Clinton actually understood markets. Joe Biden doesn't. Right. 
Um, even though they both entered political life in their mid-20s and spent their entire adult lives doing nothing but passing laws. But the other thing is that Clinton had to sit across the table from Newt Gingrich and Dick Armey and Phil Graham, uh, a history professor and two Ph.D. economists, when they were talking about government spending. Joe Uh Biden sits across the table from Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer a lawyer right. and a man's wife and the scion of a prominent Maryland political family. And all they know how mm-hmm. to do is spend. And as Milton Friedman taught right. us, you cannot spend your way into prosperity and all you will get is inflation. So do you think that Biden is even capable of let's, you know, because our mutual friend, Larry Kudlow, he says the cavalry is coming in November with and I agree with them. I think the Republicans are going to have a monster year. But then the question becomes, you know, can will at that point uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris administration do what Clinton did and move to the middle? Because right now uh, it doesn't seem like they're capable of that. There's, and by the way, there's one other difference, and I agree with everything you said, but there was there were some adults in the room in the Clinton administration. I mean, Bill yeah, Clinton was a pretty young true. president, but he had Robert Rubin, and I don't know I agree with Robert Rubin, but he was a very smart guy, ran Goldman Sachs, knew business, knew how the economy worked. I don't see anybody either in this administration who does anything. I mean, Pete Buttigieg doesn't know anything about transportation. Jennifer Granholm doesn't know anything about energy. The uh, you know the agriculture secretary barely knows. Anything about agriculture. So that's what worries me. You know, it worries it worries me too. And I will say that Janet Yellen, who we expected to be the adult in the room, has been a huge ah, disappointment. She's too. busy I running around agree. trying to get deals on climate change and a corporate global yeah. minimum tax, um, right. which is which is ridiculous rather than fighting inflation. I do think it will be easier for Biden to deal with the Republicans than it is for to deal with his own Democrats because the Democratic Party is so badly split between the moderate Biden wants to pretend that he is and the progressives who are represented by people like AOC who really make the decisions about what Democratic policy is going to be. So Biden has no room to maneuver. With the Republicans, he will actually be able to negotiate. If he wants to. So yeah, what we got just one more minute for this particular segment. So I want to ask you one other quick thing. We had some primaries. We've had a bunch of primaries now, and we have more coming up. But as I look at the playing field, it looks to me like progressive wing of the Democratic Party is actually triumphing in some of these primaries, and the moderate Democrats are being chased out of the party. Am I wrong about that? No, I think that's absolutely I think that the that the that the hardcore socialist wing of the Democratic Party is pursuing the remaining moderate Democrats and chasing them out. You know, we watched this happen over 15 or 20 years yeah. where the abortion rights Democrats chase the pro-life Democrats out of Congress and out of the party. Now they're chasing the market-oriented Democrats, the guys yeah. that – um, Gingrich used to refer to as the concrete Democrats because they were interested yeah. in public spending and 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 that kind of stuff and not the socialist agenda. Um, so that that anybody that's reasonable is being chased out by some young Bernie bro 
radicalized proto-socialist yeah. who wants government to make all of the decisions. Look, look for example, at the baby formula crisis. The government caused the baby right. formula crisis. And their yeah. solution, more money for government to fix it. Yeah. All right. I want to shift gears again. Great analysis, Peter. I want to uh, turn it over that now to uh, E.J. Antoni, who's done a lot of work with me, by the way, on this issue of, of the census count. Now, the story here, folks, is that uh, back when the new numbers came out for the 2020 decennial census, um, a number of us, including um, E.J., looked at this data and we were uh, disturbed by the data and the numbers that were coming in because it didn't seem to comport with the the annual numbers from 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, et cetera, which showed big losses for some of these, um, you know, some of these uh, uh, states like New York and New Jersey and Rhode Island, because we know people are leaving these blue states and going to red states. And now, EJ, if you could tell the story, we got some new numbers revised from the census and it looks like some of these red states really got screwed like texas and and uh florida well thanks so much for having me Greg, with you in the new york audience but absolutely this is exactly what we found literally a year ago and what we wrote about mm -hmm. and i believe it was the washington times where the yeah. census bureau not only do they do the the census every 10 years but they produce estimates every single year and in 2010 for example all of the states were within four-tenths of a single percent. Thirty of the states were within two-tenths of a percent of their estimate. So that was really, really right. close. If you contrast yeah. that with 2020, we found 19 of the states off by a whole percentage point. New York off 2%, New Jersey off 4%. Yeah. So not only, was, not only was it the fact that states were off way more than before, but on top of that, things all seemed to be moving in one direction, which was the right. Republican states – were down and the Democrat states were up, which seemed really, really By the odd. Way, just let me just clarify one thing, EJ. When you say down, down, not you mean from where we thought they would be, right? In other words, exactly. the losses right. in New York, they did, they did have losses, but they weren't as big as we had expected or the Census Bureau had, ex had, had led us to think we'd see. Right. So if you look at a state like Texas, for example, we were expecting. Texas to pick up three congressional seats, and we were right. expecting Florida to pick up two congressional seats because of the the projections based on the Census Bureau's own data. And then the numbers came in way under expectations in terms of those two states' populations. Now we find out that Florida, for example, they were undercounted by more than the population of Nashville. I mean, there the difference in what the original 2020 census said and what these revised numbers we just got yesterday, or excuse me, two days ago now say, yeah. is that Florida was Florida was undercounted by enough to have gained that second congressional seat. And then you contrast that with states like Massachusetts and Rhode Island that were overcounted enough that they very likely got, or excuse me, not that they got, but they were prevented from losing a seat that they should have lost. And not only are we talking about yeah. congressional seats, we're talking about uh, votes in the presidential election as well in the Electoral College. Yeah. So this is the important point. By the way, I'm not suggesting a conspiracy here. I simply think that the, the numbers were wrong in the 2020 census. And I don't know why they were wrong. Maybe there was, you know, it was a COVID year. And so I don't think it was accurate as a normal census would be. 
All I'm saying, and I think you're saying the same thing, EJ, is there was something fishy about these numbers. Now, why does it matter? <laughs> That's This is the point I'm driving at, folks, because, you know, we may think, who cares, you know, if they overestimated by 200,000 this state or that state. And the reason this matters is very simple, because it it, it could swing three electoral votes from red states to blue states. And, you know, we know from the last two elections, electoral votes in the 2004 and 2008 uh, uh, presidential elections, until we do another count on the census in 2020, I mean, in 2030, uh, that could have really profound impacts on our political system, EJ. That's exactly right, Steve. And, and, you know, I want to echo that sentiment that, you know, there's no evidence that there is anything untoward going on here at the Census Bureau. But I think we deserve an explanation as to why the numbers were off so dramatically, precisely because of the consequences that you just outlined. So we have presidential votes. We have votes in the House of Representatives. But now we're also talking about uh, the apportionment of funding. Federal funding is very oftentimes based on how many people live in a state. So that's a really good point, because I know in states like New York and New Jersey, these blue states, there was a real effort, a public push by the government officials in the state to get people to get counted. They call it, you know, make sure you get counted. And why? And the point they made is, look, the amount of money we're going to get from Washington is influenced by that. Uh, Peter, we got about 90 seconds left, Peter Roth. But what are your thoughts about this story? It is odd. All I can say is that it is odd. We, the the yeah. new numbers reflect the trends that we were seeing before the official numbers were announced. I don't know how this happened. I don't know why, but it is odd, and it deserves to be looked into. Yeah, and I think that, um, it, look, the, the bottom line here, folks, is people are moving out of blue states, and they're moving to red states. You all in the New York area know it. The people leave, leaving New York, New Jersey, they're leaving Rhode Island. They're leaving my home state of Illinois. And they're going to states like Texas and Tennessee and Florida. And those are the three states that, in my opinion, should have gotten one extra. Each one of those states should have had one extra congressional seat. And they didn't get it. Anyway, guys, um, great discussion. That's E.J. Antoni from the Heritage Foundation, Peter Roth, the political expert and at Newsweek. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us, folks. This is the More Money Show. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.